Thank you for listening to this message from Faith Builders. Pastors Philip and Michelle Still are dedicated to building your faith and framing your world by the Word of God. There are many more resources available on our website, www.buildfaith.net, where you can find links to our audio and video archives. We also invite you to join us online for our live stream services. Remember to build your faith and frame your world by the Word of God. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Lord. And so as I was saying that uh, God will give a, a flow and it's to move that body forward and to move them into what God wants them to do. And, and not just that, it, it, it's, it's specific for those that are present. Amen. You know, it's never an accident that you're in church. It's never just by happenstance that you're in a service. I had to learn that years ago. I I love the local church, and I love the local church, number one, because Jesus loves the local church. But I love the local church because it's a place of rescue. It's a place of divine rescue. Over the years, God has rescued me time and time again in the church. And through the word that was spoken, through the moving of the Holy Spirit, through the gifts of the Spirit. And uh, when we we look at this subject of divine rescues, the scripture has much to say about it in the context of the local church. And when you have, uh, what I was going to say earlier is there was a part of our ministry that I stayed away from. And, and I will say I probably stayed away from it for years. And maybe, maybe three or four, maybe more. And, and it was this. You know, I've been in, in church my whole life. I mean, when I say that, people go, well, yeah, no. My whole life, my mother went into labor with me preaching. So, I mean, that was on a Sunday night. She went into labor and I was delivered and in church on Wednesday. So, I mean, this is what I know. And, and I mean, now, now that doesn't mean I haven't made mistakes or, or done foolish things in my life. I have. Uh, uh, but the point is, this is all I know. And so because of that, I saw a lot of things in the church and I saw a lot of excess and I saw a lot of goofy stuff, right? And where I saw it a lot was in the area... And, and hear me when I say this, of the prophetic, right? And, and I saw a lot of people operate in the pathetic and not the prophetic, <laughs> right? And, 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 and it became a problem. And I begin to sense that the Lord had this prophetic flow to our ministry. And, and when I say a prophetic flow... I mean, I'm, I'm, I'm not necessarily talking about the office of the prophet, although that, that, that can be part of it, but a prophetic flow. For, for a church to move forward, there has to be that flow of that anointing that breaks walls and removes barriers. And so the Lord would begin to talk to me about these things, and I would, I would shy away from it. And not because I was concerned that He wouldn't do what we were saying or what I was saying, but because of just what I had seen. Well, when I started yielding to that, remember we talked about yielding this morning, when I started yielding to that, things begin to change. And so God will take a body, a group of people on, in any given setting, and they'll hear the word that God's speaking and grab a hold of it, and they'll start moving forward. And it'll be a divine rescue. Amen. And over and over again, we see this in the scripture, and over and over again, we see this in people's lives. And so, uh, in 1 Corinthians 12, hallelujah. Now, we're going to, tonight, we're going to, we're going to move by the unction of the Holy Spirit, and we'll be functioning by precept and example. And so we'll, we'll look at the Word of God, but then we'll use examples. And uh, 
1 Corinthians chapter 12, verse 1, he says, Now concerning spiritual gifts, brethren, I would not have you ignorant. Now, the word there, when he says concerning spiritual gifts, brethren, uh, if you notice, it says concerning spiritual gifts, the word gifts is in italics, which means that it was not there in the original manuscript. Now, I'm not one that moves commas and, and, and takes words out of the Bible, but the truth is, is that was not there in the original manuscript. Paul is discussing spiritual gifts in 1 Corinthians 12, but even more importantly, he's talking about the people that operate in those gifts. And so in the original context, he says, now concerning spirituals, or concerning those who are spiritual, I would not have you ignorant. So the Holy Spirit through Paul tells us that where these gifts of the Spirit or these manifestations of the Spirit are concerned, He doesn't want us to be ignorant. He doesn't want us to be misinformed. Many times because of ignorance, where these gifts are concerned, divine rescues are missed. We're going to look tonight, not in depth, but at the word of wisdom, the word of knowledge, different things. But you've got to understand, a word of wisdom doesn't always come to you through somebody saying, the Lord has a word for you. You can be sitting in a conversation with somebody, watch, who's spiritual, and they will say something by the Holy Spirit that's a word of wisdom to you. And therefore a rescue. Amen. Or a word of knowledge, or whatever the case may be. He says in verse 7, But the manifestation of the Spirit is given to every man to profit with all. So the manifestation of these gifts will what? They'll cause us to profit. Not just in the church, in our lives on a regular basis. But in the church where they're functioning, it causes you to profit. God will say something, and maybe it will be just like a generic thing that He's saying to the whole body, but it's specifically to you because what? You're there. And it's a word of wisdom, and what does it do? It causes you to profit. It causes you to profit. That rescue causes me to profit. So when the Spirit manifests Himself, this is how it will look. People will profit. The emphasis of the last day's move of God is the manifestation of the gifts of the Spirit. The Lord said to me, He said that the moving of the Holy Spirit would be the drawing card. That people would see the Holy Spirit moving and that would be the drawing card. Brother Hagin always said that gifts and signs and wonders and miracles and healings were the dinner bell. That they were the dinner bell that called people to the church. Amen. Now, God will not use men's themes to reap the harvest. We have to be jealous for His harvest. And that means our method is never better than His. Well, His method is the Holy Spirit. Hallelujah. Notice verse 31 of that same chapter. But covet earnestly the best gifts, and yet show I unto you a more excellent way. Hallelujah. Covet the best gifts. That's a good place to say, I covet the best gifts. Or say it this way, I desire, I'm hungry for the best gifts. See, here's something I've learned. The Spirit will not manifest where there's no hunger. If there's no hunger, the Spirit will not manifest Himself. I remember hearing a story years ago, and uh, there was a minister that was part of a large crusade in Africa. And uh, uh, a, good, a good friend of ours and, and a, uh, a person who's a, a, uh, a mentor in the spirit to my wife and I was telling us this story. There was a man, he was part of a large crusade. And they had pastors from all over the region and they were all sitting on the platform. And this minister was sitting there and the service was going on. It was a large open air crusade. And uh, all of a sudden, the angel of the Lord stood beside him. 
And he started saying something. And he directed him towards the minister that was over here on the end of the row. And he said, this is minister such and such. He is from such and such city. And he's not interested. Then he went to the next one and said, same thing. He's not interested. There was any number of ministers. And out of all the ministers that were there, there was maybe three that he said were interested in what God was doing. Amen. I have to be interested in what God's doing. It has to mean something to me what the Spirit's saying. Because He will not manifest Himself where there's no hunger. Amen. Say out loud, I'm interested. See, I'm interested in what He's saying and what He's doing. Because He says there's profit attached with that. So my life is going to profit tonight because I'm interested in what the Holy Spirit's saying. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Do, do you see that? David said this. He said, I rejoice over your word like one who found great treasure. Right? He said, I rejoice over your word. The prophet said, I found your words and they were to me the joy and the rejoicing of my heart. Why? why? I'm interested. That's why, listen, you can be around people and you can hear something and you're like, whoa, boy, that cranks my tractor. Just, right? Man, that lights my fire. Whatever phraseology you use, right? But it just fires you up. Amen. And somebody sitting right next to you, well, don't look, but somebody sitting close to you or somewhere in the church, they're just kind of like, they got shotgun dans on their mind or whatever that pizza place is, right? I, I want to get to pizza or a sandwich or the news, right? And you're sitting there thinking the back of your head is about to blow off because of what God just said to you through the Word. Why? You are interested. It means something. That's a rescue for you. They heard the same thing you heard but it did not affect them, and so they avoided the rescue. You got it, though. Amen. Don't ever overlook that. When you're in service and, and something hits your spirit, acknowledge it. Woo! Glory to God. I got it. Amen. I, I remember one time my pastor was preaching, and man, and, and it just, it, oh my goodness. It was just boiling on the inside of me. And Pastor Michelle was sitting beside me. And finally I just looked at her and went, Ah! I'm just, I, it is, it's so big on the inside of me what God's doing. There's a rescue going on. Whoo, I'm interested. I'm interested. When the Spirit gets to have His way, every person can walk out of the church having been ministered to. Because the Spirit has His way. Amen. Those divine rescues. Am I helping you? A lack of hunger will grieve the Spirit. It'll grieve the Spirit. Amen. You know, I have been places before, and I'm a minister. And uh, yeah, one thing I've learned is that, that people have this idea that preachers just love to eat. Right? And, 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 and so they're always trying to feed you. And, and I, don't, I don't do it so much anymore, but we used to go to, you know, people would invite us to their house and we'd go. And I mean, it's not that I'm averse to that. You just can't, can't do it like we used to. But, you know, sometimes we'd go and they'd have a big spread. And I learned something. <laughs> don't believe what everybody says about their cooking. Because, man, sometimes you'd sit down and they'd fill your plate. And, you know, you pray, hallelujah. And then you take a bite and you're like, oh, Lord, what did I get into? And you're sitting right across from the cook. How is it? Mm. Filling. Bet this will stick to my ribs. <laughs> Amen. But here's, here's what I'm saying. I would never say, though, 
I don't like this. Because I don't want to grieve the cook. Right? They went through all that effort to make that spread. I'm not going to say, boy, this is bad. I've been around people that would, but... A lack of hunger will grieve the Spirit. Being ignorant about the things of the Spirit will grieve the Spirit. And that's something I see more and more, is just this lack of hunger and this ignorance where the things of the Spirit are concerned. I say this all the time in our churches, and understand my heart when I'm saying this. I'm not, ju- I'm not bragging on me. I'm not bragging on Michelle. I'm not bragging on, on either one of us. But folks, you do not get the moving of the Spirit like you get it here everywhere. You just don't. It's not everywhere. The Word that is preached here by all the ministers that preach, it's not everywhere. And so I got to be hungry for it, right? I, I, I never want to take it lightly. Why? Because that means I'm not interested. Hallelujah. God will bring you to a body where there's a pastor who knows how to function and flow in these gifts. And, it, and can be an example of how it's to be done. You never want to overlook that. Because God will, will very often, He'll move through the gift of the pastor that's your pastor. Because that's your church. Do you see this? And it'll be a rescue. Nobody can speak into your life like your pastor. I don't care who it is. I don't care who it is on TV. I don't care who it is. Nobody has the pulse of the Spirit for you like your pastor. And that's how it should be. I remember one time I was talking to someone, just a lay person, but they were talking to me. And they made the statement. They said, uh, they said uh, I feel so full when I come to church. And they said, I just get so full and I'm full till I come back the next time. Well, that blessed me. But then they made a statement and their whole, their whole countenance changed. The Holy Spirit came on them. This is just a dear lady that goes to the church. The Holy Spirit came on her and she made this statement. She said, you are saying things and you know things about your people by the Spirit and they don't even know you know it. And that's the truth. Everybody doesn't see that. I'm not bragging on me. I'm saying everybody doesn't see that. There are multitudes of people that go to their church every Sunday and they think they got a good little preacher and a good little pastor and he's going to preach a good little sermon. And if we really need something, we'll ask him to pray. And maybe God will answer. They don't expect their pastor to see anything about their life. They don't expect to have a rescue when they come to church. They're going to church out of some kind of religious obligation. They're not going expecting anything to change. When you come to church here, the potential for your life to radically change is always present. Always present. Amen. Why? Because that's what we desire. We're interested in that. Oh, hallelujah. Do you see this? Hallelujah. And when I'm, when, I'm, when, I'm, when I'm hungry for it, it comes to me. When I'm hungry for it, it comes to me. I'm always ready. Always ready. Man, man when you come to church... You should be like, uh, you know, there, there used to be them, them old uh, Warner Brothers cartoons and, and, you know, the wolf. Now, I'm not calling you a wolf, but, but the wolf, you know, he'd always put on his, his bib and have his knife and fork and he's ready, ha, licking his chops. He's ready to go. When you come to church, that ought to be you. Edge of the seat is your position. I'm ready to receive. Come on, give me something from the Word of God. It doesn't matter if it's something I've heard or something I haven't heard. I'm hungry. I'm ready to be rescued. Oh, glory be to God. Amen. I'm ready to hear what God has to say to me. I'm ready. Self-taught people 
where the gifts of the Spirit are concerned are unsafe and unreliable. To have the move of the Spirit, you've got to sow it. You've got to teach it in order to reap it. In order to reap it. I've had people come to our church and say, I don't understand. It just, the flow of the Spirit is so easy here. We teach it, we sow it, we reap it. I understand, I understood something years ago. I don't have anything in me that's going to change you. If I don't have the Holy Spirit flowing through me, I don't have anything to give you. Amen. Amen. Catherine Kuhlman used to say, and you know, there was astounding miracles in her ministry. She was a classic example of a New Testament evangelist. I mean, she did very little preaching, just following the Holy Spirit and miracles. My dad used to go to her meetings in Pittsburgh, Pennsylvania, and see people healed by the score, people getting up off of, off of stretchers, wheelchairs being cleaned out. And people used to think she's so finicky because she would say things like this. People, the Holy Spirit would be moving and they would start moving around or, or laughing or talking or whatever. And she would say, please don't offend him because he's all I've got. And if I don't have him, nothing can change. Amen. Now, some of that was her personality, too. You know, around here, shouting helps the word a little bit. But the point that I'm making is this, is that to have the move of the Holy Spirit, you've got to desire it. So when I, not just me, you, when I come to church, when you come to church, I want something. I want God to move. I want the Spirit to move. And Lord, if it's me you move through, I'm willing. I'm a candidate. I'm available. I'm interested. I'm interested for you to move through me in a word of wisdom. I'm interested for you to move through me through tongues and interpretation. I'm interested. Hallelujah. Yeah, but I wouldn't know how to do that. Oh, yes, you will. Just yield. Yield. That's the song we sing. Sometimes yield yourself to the Holy Spirit. Right? You just got to yield to it. Notice 1 Corinthians 12 and 8. Oh, glory to God. Am I helping you? He talks here about the word of wisdom. For the one is given by the Spirit the word of wisdom. To another the word of knowledge by the same Spirit. Now the word of wisdom is divine revelation from the mind of God concerning future events. Divine revelation from the mind of God concerning future events. The word of knowledge is divine revelation from the mind of God concerning past or present events. Divine revelation from the mind of God concerning past or present events. Now, I mention these because both of these gifts operated in skillfully can provide a divine rescue in your life. Knowledge about something past or something present. Wisdom about something that's coming. I remember back in uh, 2008 when the world went through their recession. <laughs> Right? And, and I remember at the very beginning of that, all, what all the pundits were saying. And I stood up in our church and I said, I'm declaring it. Nobody will lose their job. We'll get raises and bonuses. I said, there will be house miracles in here. People will get houses that you never thought you would get. And I said something else. I said, nobody will lose their home. Now, I said it, but I said it by the Spirit. What was it? Word of wisdom. This is what's going to happen. You, know, you guess what happened? Just what he said. Amen. That was a rescue. There were people, everybody grabbed a hold of that. See, it's not just a confession. It's something you're saying by the Spirit. There's a difference in just saying something and something you say by the Spirit. Remember in, in, in uh, 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 the book of Luke, it talks about uh, uh, Anna and Simeon. And of course, Simeon was an, an, an older man that was nearing the end of his race. And it says that he came to the temple by the Spirit. Just happened to be on the day of Jesus' dedication. 
eight days after he was born. And Simeon, who the Bible said waited for the consolation of Israel, the salvation of Israel, and that it had been revealed to him by the Holy Ghost that he would not see death until he saw the Lord's Christ. And then it says he came to the temple by the Spirit. Amen. By the Spirit. He didn't just go on his own. He went by the Spirit. And he was able to see Jesus. And he said, Lord, now let me depart in peace because I've seen your salvation. Amen. There are a lot of things you can hear. But if you're not hearing things by the Spirit, things that are said to you by the Spirit, are you following me? You can hear a good motivational message. You can even hear a fiery run the aisles message that appeals to you emotionally. But what was said by the Spirit? You can sit in a church in a sermon for 45 minutes or here for an hour and 15 minutes. It's a little humor. Very little. And you can, if, but listen, if in that hour or so that you're listening, if you hear something that rescues you by the Spirit, was it worth it? Of course it was worth it. Because it rescued me. What am I hearing by the Spirit? By the Spirit. When you're flipping through Christian TV, and there's nothing wrong with Christian TV, but when you listen to what the Spirit is saying, what are you hearing by the Spirit? I, I, was, flipping through, I was flipping through Christian TV today, and I came across somebody, and they were saying nothing by the Spirit. What'd you do? Turned them off. Yeah, but they're good people. Doesn't matter. They're not saying anything by the Spirit. Are you help, am, am I helping you? So what am I hearing by the Spirit about my future, about my present? Hallelujah. We, we, we declared at the beginning of what the world is going through now. You know the kingdom's not going through it. The world's going through it. Nothing's changed in the kingdom. We declared nobody's going to lose their jobs. We're going to prosper. We're going to succeed. We are kept. No evil befalls us. No plague comes near us in the name of Jesus. Right? And we just went right on. And we'll just continue to go right on. Why? We said that by the Spirit. So here's the thing. There's a power then that I can grab a hold of because that was said by the Spirit. It wasn't just me saying it. There are things that people will talk to you about and you'll be, you'll be talking to them, your pastor, other people in your life that you respect and have, and have admiration for and they'll be talking to you about something and their visage will change and the Holy Spirit will come on them. Pay attention, they're about to say something to you by the Spirit. And it can be over coffee and you get rescued. Amen. Hallelujah. I've, I've, I've been become more concerned the older I get with being around spiritual people and making sure that my relationships are with people that are spiritual. Because I need that. If you spend all your time around carnal people, you're not going to ever hear anything by the Spirit. You're going to hear a lot of things by carnality, but not by the Spirit. It's okay to live in a bubble. I, I do too. Thank you. Yeah, but you know, you got to be realistic and you, and you got to, you know. No, 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 no. Wait a minute. This is my reality. I choose my reality and this is it. Right? And so it's okay to live in that spiritual bubble. Because I'm wanting to hear by the Spirit. Amen. That doesn't mean you don't have contact with people that are not spiritual. But that's not your main source. Hallelujah. Because I want to be hearing by the Spirit. What's the Spirit saying? There, 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 there are men that I fellowship with. 
And one of my favorite things is to ask them, so what are y'all thinking? Because I know them to be spiritual, I want to know what they're thinking. If you ask some people, what are they thinking? Oh, my God. I'm... Right? There's some people you don't want to ask them what they're thinking. Because <laughs> you're going, whoo! But spiritual people, I want to know what you're thinking. What has the Lord been saying to you? Ask your neighbor, say, what has the Lord been saying to you? And the Lord, if you are desiring spiritual things, He's saying something to you. Amen. He's not just talking to me. He's talking to you. The Lord said something to me one time through a man of God. He said, the Lord is never unable or unwilling, just uninvited. Man, that spoke to me. Nearly probably, what, now 25 years ago, 26 years ago. And I've never forgot that. Creflo Dollar said something one time. He said, the Lord is always speaking. Are you always listening? Man, that blessed me. Amen. He wrote a book called Answers Awaiting in the Presence of God. And just about getting in the presence of God and finding your answer. Hallelujah. I remember one time, is this okay? I remember one time, every time that I would be out to eat with my pastor, and uh, he would recount a story to me. And I've told you this, but I'm going to recount it again because we're saying it by the Spirit. And he talked to me about when Oral Roberts called them all together, him and a number of other ministers, and, and wanted to start uh, 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 the, uh, what was it, IC, not ICFM, but uh, the International Convention of Charismatic Ministries, ICCM. I, I, I think that's what it was. I don't remember the acronym exactly. But uh, Brother Roberts wanted to start a ministerial organization for charismatic ministers. And so they were all there, and, and, and I mean, it was a who's who of, of, of faith. Uh, John Osteen was there, uh, uh, Lester Summerall was there, Frida Lindsay, uh, uh, Pastor Caldwell, a number of other people. If I said their names, you'd know them. But they, they were going around the room. He wanted to know. Oral Roberts wanted to know what everybody thought. And they got to Lester Summerall. And Dr. Summerall said this. He said, it'll work if we keep it pure. And we keep it spiritual. And he looked at Frida Lindsay and he said, Isn't that right, Sister Lindsay? Frida Lindsay was Gordon Lindsay's wife. Gordon Lindsay started uh, uh, the Voice of Healing magazine. He started the Voice of Healing magazine in the late 40s to chronicle the miracles that were occurring in William Branham's meetings. That magazine was originally for William Branham's meetings. Brother Branham overworked himself and exhausted his body and had to take a break. Well, there's a healing move on. So Gordon Lindsay started an organization called The Voice of Healing. It originally was a magazine. It became a ministerial association. And for a number of years there through the 50s and, and into the early 60s, well, 1958, that ministry was there all around the world and America. People were getting healed. Well, they talked to Frida Lindsay and said, isn't that right? She said, yes, that's right. She said, because in the days of the voice of healing, before TV came out, she said the ministers would be in the break room praying and seeking God. She said after TV came out, they'd be in the break room watching the wrestling matches. And he would always leave it there. Well, I heard that once, and I thought, oh, well, praise God. But then I heard it twice, every time we're together. And I thought, no, wait, wait, wait a minute. Something's being said to me by the Spirit. Yeah. Right? Mm-hmm. Now, you've got to think on these things. If your pastor consistently talks to you about the same thing, something's being said to you by the Spirit. Yeah. Don't overlook that. Why does he keep talking to me about that? Because the Spirit's trying to say something. If he consistently moves through him and says, six weeks, radical change, it's coming. That's by the Spirit. 
or whatever it may be. I've went up to people before, and I would just constantly go up to them. i say, so how you doing? You know, if your pastor comes up and says, so how you doing? Constantly, he's not just trying to find out how you're doing. He wants to find a place he can hook up and pull with you. Don't be such a faith person that you won't tell somebody who's trying to say something to you by the Spirit what you need help with. I'll have people come and say, well, I just need you to agree with me in prayer. About what? I, I have nothing to agree about if you don't tell me what's going on. Why? I'm not a mind reader. I just crave your prayers. I just crave your prayers. About what? Right? The, the Holy Spirit might say something. Am, am I helping you? So about the third time, I thought, now, wait a minute. I'm hearing something by the Spirit. And uh, we were living out in Perryville at the time, and they, they had made a, a, a little office for me out in, in, in one of the, uh, a shed out there, nice, nice place. And I was out there early in the morning, I'm an early bird, and uh, I was just seeking the Lord, praying in the Holy Spirit, and up out of my spirit came this, don't get caught watching the wrestling matches. And I started writing, and he talked to me about how watching the wrestling matches is a slipping into carnality. And he said, as, as, the, as the ministers in that organization got more carnal, the anointing began to weaken and the miracles began to wane because, because they were more interested in something else. We were about to make a big change in our ministry and God gave me a rescue through that phrase to not get over and slip into carnality, stay spiritual and don't get caught watching the wrestling matches. Hallelujah. Amen. See, it's, 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 it's a rescue. And you got to be hungry for that. When, whenever I'm around people that I respect, I'm looking for something. I am shamelessly covetous of what they have. Amen. I remember one time, I got a lot of stories tonight, is that all right? I remember one time we were at the spring conference at Agape. And some of y'all may remember this when it was... It was actually the last time that Dr. Dufresne was at Agape before he went to heaven. And it was the year that Jesse Duplantis spoke and Dr. Dufresne spoke. And then Sunday night, uh, Jimmy Snow spoke, who was preaching when Pastor got saved. Uh, you remember when he got saved? February 11, 1972, Grand Ole Opry, Nashville, Tennessee. Amen. But in any event, <laughs> anyway, the point is, I'm, I'm, I'm in the, the green room afterwards and uh, Pastor and Dr. Dufresne are sitting on a couch and they're talking. And everybody's talking and you know, there's a buzz in the room and, and, and that's fine, you know, it's fellowship. But all of a sudden, I heard something. I heard something. Yeah, this is what used to happen when we were around Brother Hagen. Boy, I'm like that German shepherd. And my ears went up. Now, wait a minute. And I grabbed my chair, and my wife grabbed her chair, and we grabbed our notebook, and we're just sitting there. We're not buttoning in on the conversation. I want to hear. The, Holy, the Spirit's trying to say something. And I don't know if you've ever seen a movie where somebody, it's, it's, it's like they, they begin to notice their surroundings and what everybody else is doing. And I'm hearing what's being said, and I'm looking around the room, and nobody else is paying attention. I'm not saying they were wrong or, or they were, I was better than they were, but I thought there's something more important being said here than a sandwich. I can eat anytime. I'm not always going to have them. Right? You're not always going to be under what you're under consistently for whatever reason. The people that speak into our lives, one day they're going to heaven. And if the Lord tarries, all of us are going to outlive somebody. And the voices that have spoken so prolifically into our lives, all of them are getting older. All of them are, are getting closer and closer to the end of their race. You've got to be interested 
in what's being said. Amen. I, I, I don't want to miss that. And, and that just came so big to me that I can either sit here and hear what they learned from Brother Hagin, or I can get over there in line for the uh, 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 food dip or whatever it is. And there's nothing wrong with that. I did eat, by the way. But the point is, there's something more important. What is it? What the Spirit's saying. I mean, you took a shower today and fixed your hair, and men, you shaved your face or trimmed your beard, right? You got dressed, you drove across town or, or down the highway and you came here, you might as well get something. You might as well get something. What is it? What the Spirit's saying. What the Spirit is saying. Hallelujah. Do, do you see that? Never be that person that's so determined that everybody else sees you as spiritual that you miss what the Spirit's trying to say to you. I've always been quiet, and I know people hear me in the pulpit and whatnot, and, and they think, well, I don't, I don't, I don't get that. I, I am. If, if you're my friend, well, Larry, you've traveled with me. We might go for an hour and not say anything. That's just, I mean, it's not that I don't like to talk. It's just if I have something to say, I'll say it. If I don't, I won't. And if you're a real talkative person, I'll let you talk, and I'll just nod. Mm-hmm. mm-hmm. Amen. I like talkative people. But, but, but that's just me. But I've always been, people have always said, you know, I'm kind of an old soul. I, I'd rather be around my elders than people my own age. Because I want to hear. It used to, I, I used to ask my grandma things. I, I love to hear stories. I remember one time I was in uh, uh, Phoenix, Arizona. I was at the Biltmore Resort there for a, a conference. And at that time, there was, there was a minister named Dr. John Holland. And Dr. John Holland was the international overseer of the Foursquare Church for a number of years. And he was a contemporary of, uh, of uh, 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 people that had built that organization. I mean, he had been with it for years. You know, Amy Simple McPherson started that organization. And he was a contemporary of Jack Hayford and all these people. And I remember the night I was there, we were in the, the president of the organization we were a part of, in their, in their room, their suite, whatever it was, condo, whatever it was. And uh, I saw Dr. Holland sitting there. And, uh, you know, everybody was just kind of milling around him, but nobody was talking to him. And I thought to myself, now, wait a minute. This guy knows more about the ministry, has forgot more than I know. I, I need to ask some questions. Amen. And I remember I went over and I asked him, I said, Dr. Holland, do you have a moment? I said, I don't want to intrude on your, you know, your, your uh, space here, but do you have? And he said, surely, that's fine. And I, and I got to ask him one question. I said, I said if, if I was to ask you what is the most important thing any minister can do to be successful in ministry, what would you say? And he said something very simple. We've heard it all. He said, love everybody and always walk in love. Well, that imprinted my life. I mean, I know that, that that sounds like a given, but I was about to go through some things that I had to exercise my love walk. Amen. What, does, what is the Spirit saying? What's the Spirit saying? You can feel like things are going absolutely wrong, but you come to church and the Spirit says, everything's about to turn for you then you go by what the Spirit says and not by what you're seeing. Why? Because the Spirit said that. The Spirit has never come to you and said, prepare for failure. You're about to hit a brick wall and everything's going to go wrong. No. The Spirit might warn you, but He'll also tell you what to do. Am I helping you? Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Glory to God. Let, let, let me say a couple things here. Overthinking 
dismisses manifestations. One of my favorite phrases to people is this, don't overthink it. I have a gentleman that's uh, uh, on staff. He works on staff in the Kansas church. Great man, wonderful man of God. But I've, uh, and, and it's gotten better over the years. But I'm consistently having to tell him, look, 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 don't overthink it. This is what the Spirit's saying, don't overthink it. Get out of your head. Right? Because manifestations... Overthinking dismisses them. Well, I know the Lord said that to me, but what about this? And I mean, I'm just, I'm, I know what the Lord said, but now wait a minute, wait a minute. You're dismissing what the Spirit said. If you know the Lord said it, there is no but. Hallelujah. Right? If the Lord came to you and said, I'm going to do such and such, by Friday and you start thinking how in the world can that happen by Friday I mean the best minds in the world couldn't do that in a year but the spirit said it do, do you remember the story in the Bible Samaria is in a famine they, they have boiled children and ate them right there's disgusting stuff being sold for a lot of money and the prophet stands up and he says about this time tomorrow there's going to be so much surplus it's going to be sold at a discount and the guy standing there said well if the Lord opened up the windows of heaven might this thing be and the prophet said well you'll see it but you won't partake of it what was his responsibility when he heard that I'm interested I I want it. And then he needs to go tell everybody, get ready because tomorrow is going to be a discount. Right? If God says something to you like he said some things to people tonight, then that's what you refer back to. Amen. Well, the pressure's on. Yeah, but in six weeks, it's going to be a radical change. Amen. Yeah, but you're struggling. Yeah, but my perseverance is paying off. God is holding my seed up as a memorial. See, the Spirit said that. I know, I know my, 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 my function in my brain and whatnot. I know that those, those neurons and those things have not been firing. But the Spirit said they're going to start. Right? Because that's what the Spirit said. Don't dismiss that manifestation by overthinking it. When you get in the mental arena, you're done with the faith arena. You're done. Why? Because I'm over in the mental arena. And that doesn't mean that faith people don't think. It just means I don't depend more on the mental arena than the faith arena. Well, how is God going to do this? It's not up to you to, how's not the issue. He said he would, so that's what we were believing. The flesh wants to overlook things it can't control. Hallelujah. It wants to overlook things it can't control. My wife is, in, in, in my estimation, the world's best, if I can use that phraseology, at just hearing something from God and doing it. I was talking to a couple of the brethren about that today. Brother David and I were talking, and, you know, uh, uh, he had talked about moving the keyboard. Don't you all appreciate Brother David? Hadn't he added an element to, to what we're doing? Amen. And, and the whole worship team. Remember when we didn't have a worship team? Amen. And we'd be talking about having a worship team, and now we got one? Hallelujah. But, he, but they were talking about moving the keyboard from here to here so it would be more accessible, so he wouldn't have to walk in front of everybody. And they were talking about doing that. And he said, the next thing I knew, Pastor Michelle had the amp and she's moving things across the... the... Amen. If Pastor Michelle tells me anytime, you know, I believe the Lord's about to bring a new car to me. Uh, I'm, probably today, it's coming. Amen. That's just how she is. She'll say things like, well, I'm going to take the title with me. 
<laughs> She's the world's best at just stepping out. And here, here's the thing. She is always willing to go with what the Spirit says instead of being confined to what she can control. Amen. If we miss the signs the Holy Spirit is flashing, we won't profit. Hallelujah. I'll tell a story on my dad. My dad's in heaven, and I love, love, love him with all my heart. But my father, my father had no filter. Anybody know anybody like that? I see some nods, but no filter. Who are you pointing at, Kim? Oh, okay. <laughs> I saw that finger, so. No filter. One night, my dad was ministering, receiving an offering. He was an evangelist. And uh, my mother was sitting on the front row, and she looked up, and I want to say this without, without sounding common, and she looked up, and the, the, the fly on my father's trousers was down. So mom decides, here's what I'll do. I'll write a note. Zip your pants. She gave it to my sister to go put in the offering. My dad is holding the microphone. She puts the note in the offering. My father... Over the microphone, picks the note up and reads it out loud. <laughs> Zip your pants. Uh, he should have missed that sign. But my point in saying that is the Holy Spirit will start flashing signs to you. If we miss the signs he's flashing, we won't profit. Amen. When, when you come to church and by the Spirit, the pastor or the worship leader or whoever, somebody gives a testimony and there's something said by the Spirit and it applies to you, don't miss that sign. doesn't matter who gave it. Amen. Well, but you know, so-and-so uh, uh, -so gave that. And you know, I don't know. Was it the Spirit? Because if it was the Spirit... That's a sign. That's, he's flashing something to you. Right? The vocal gifts have to be in manifestation before the power gifts. And here's why. Because God says something before He does it. He says something before He does it. Amen. When, uh, when the Lord began to deal with us, and I'll start wrapping this up. When the Lord began to deal with us uh, that we would be making a move to Little Rock, He didn't, he didn't deal specifically with me. And uh, uh, now as I look back on it, I, I know why He didn't because there were so many things going on that I was trying to get in place in, in, the, in, in the Kansas location that uh, I, it, it, it would have just been impossible for me to think on both of them. But... Uh, Patrick Michelle was staying over down over here in the Crown Plaza. She was up here filming television. And uh, the Lord asked her if she would be willing to pastor a Hispanic congregation in Little Rock. And it was one of those moments where it was just holy, a holy moment. And she couldn't even talk to me over the phone about it. She said, I have to talk to you about it when I get home. And, of course, she talked to me about it, and we went to prayer about it, and we consecrated ourselves and said, God will do that. But here's, here's the point that I'm making, is that when God began to say those things, He was saying something to get us moving in a direction. It was by the Spirit. It was by the Spirit. And, you know, we moved into the La Quinta, and it wasn't just because that is what was available. That's where the Spirit said go. And I look across this room every time we're together, and I see people, first time I met you was in the La Quinta. There are people in here tonight. Your life was changed at the La Quinta, right down here off Shackleford. 
Amen. Pete, you know, we look at the building we have, and it has its drawbacks. It doesn't have everything we need right now, or everything we desire is what I should say. But, you know, we looked all over the city. We looked down here uh, on the other end. We looked in North Little Rock. We looked in other places. And the Lord kept drawing us back here, just drawing us back here and drawing us back here. He was saying something. Many of you remember what this building looked like just three weeks before we were scheduled to open. And there were people that said, it's impossible. You'll never have it ready to go in three weeks. We did. Many of y'all worked and helped do it. Um, there, there's brothers in here that moved this platform. Amen. Well, everything God said has happened. That means everything He's saying is going to happen. It's going to happen. And I've had people say, how do you know that? Because God can be depended to do exactly what He said He would do. That's it. And so He said, now this is important. He told me one day I was praying in here. He said, how many chairs you got in here? I didn't know right off the top of my head, so I counted them. 142, in case you're wondering. 142 chairs. And here's what he said to me. When these chairs are full, you'll know where to go. That's what he said. So I'm not really worried about where to go because he said by the time it's full, I'll know. Well, you know, I was looking this morning, and this section right here was pretty full. And we're starting to kind of ease over into this area. It's not going to be long. How do I know? Because we heard that by the Spirit. So think about this as I'm, as I'm wrapping this up. If God told you to come to this church, then you heard something by the Spirit. So there's something that God wants to get to you for being here. Whatever it may be. And whatever attracted you. It could be the word. Well, you know, I'm word of faith and, and this is a word of faith church or the movement of the spirit or, or whatever the case may be. But here's the thing. The Holy Spirit, years ago, I went to a meeting. Uh, a friend of mine uh, pastored a church in or Tampa, Florida. A uh, very big church. And uh, uh, international church. And uh, one of my good friends was the... Uh, senior associate and uh, Dr. T.L. Lowry was going to be there. Now Dr. Lowry's in heaven now. Dr. Lowry was part of the Voice of Healing. He was for years the international overseer of the Church of God uh, was the national overseer uh, pastored the National Church of God Church in, in Maryland a huge congregation for years. Wonderful man of God and I went there and uh, he was going to do a leadership teaching before the main service so they invited me there to be and he taught on the Holy Spirit and leadership and I've told this story before as I heard him teaching on the Holy Spirit I thought to myself this man knows the Holy Spirit in a way I don't know him because he was saying things about the Holy Spirit that I'd never seen and I was raised classic Pentecostal right we know the Holy Ghost but here's the point he made a statement he talked about the Holy Spirit he said he came as a wind, he came as a fire, but he's not a wind and he's not a fire. And then he made a statement that imprinted my spirit. He said, the Holy Spirit will come to you in the manner that you need him. Whatever, whatever you need him to be, that's how he'll show up. And that's why he manifests himself through gifts of wisdom and knowledge and discerning of spirits and the gift of special faith. Here's my point that I want to leave you with. Whatever you need the Holy Spirit to be to you, he'll be to you. He'll be your counselor. He'll be your guide. He'll be your teacher. He'll be your helper. And so I want to, I want to just encourage you, as you go through the week, Stop meditating so much on what you don't know and stay focused on what did the Spirit say. That becomes a challenge. I always ask myself, did God tell me to do that? Is that what the Spirit said to me? Amen. Do, do, do you see that? I, I tell people in leadership, I'll deal with the praise team and others. 
And they'll say, but, you know, I want to I pick the right songs. Then you've got to hear from the Spirit. You've got to hear from the Spirit. Because we don't just do the top 40. Right? We're not a band. I mean, you did notice there's no tip jar up here, right? So, so we're not playing all the hits. You go to many churches and they just have a praise team that's a cover band. They're just covering the top 40. And when Hillsong comes out with a new song, they learn it. Because after all, it's a new Hillsong song. Who cares if it's full of unbelief or unscriptural? It's just new. Before I'll do that, we won't have a praise team. We're going to hear what the Spirit says. Amen. That's important. Ushers have to usher by the unction. Greeters got to greet by the unction. What's the Spirit saying? Are you following me? And so I've learned to ask that question over the years. Somebody will say, well, hey, we need to do this. Is that what the Spirit said to us? Is that what God said? And I've had people say things like, boy, you just can't talk to Him. No, not if, the Holy, not if God didn't tell us to do it. You're right, you can't. Because we're not going to do it. Let me end with this. I said I was going to end. But you know, I was raised up in the church where the preacher would be preaching. He said, mm, I'm about to close. I'm shutting the door right now. Mm, did I tell you I'm about to close? Anyway. <laughs> I probably forgot what I was going to say. <laughs> I was talking about doing what God wants us to do. Right? You, you've got to always ask that question, is this what God told me to do? Because I want to be doing what the Spirit said to me. What the Spirit said to me. If I don't remember it, I won't say it. But what, what the Spirit said to me is so important. Amen. Because you'll get in trouble. And, 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 and miss that rescue. Oh, that's what it was. I had a, a man and his wife came to the church one time. And uh, they showed up and, and uh, they were there for a couple services and then they wanted to meet with me. And, and so, okay, I set up a time. And, and I have, I have a... a just the way that I do things, I tell people, okay, well, you got 30 minutes because my time's my most valuable asset, all right? And if, if, if I don't dictate how long we're going to meet, then, you know, I'm, I'm on somebody else's dime. And uh, so I told them, I said, well, you know, we got a certain amount of time. You can meet with me after church on Sunday morning, and, and we'll go from there. Well, they, they, they brought their resume, and it was impressive. I mean, they had done big productions for Christian television, and and, and different things, and, and had put all these musicals together. And uh, he said, uh, you know, I think we can help you do some great productions, you know, and, and whatnot. Now listen to what the Spirit said. And I looked at him, and I said, brother, I'm big into faithfulness. I said, you just keep showing up and be faithful, and we'll see where the Spirit leads us. Well, why didn't you use his talents? Because I didn't hear that. As a matter of fact, I kept getting a red light. Well, I didn't see him again for about three Sundays. Then they came back and they wanted to meet again. Okay. And he's kind of adamant this time. I just want to know when we're going to get to use our grace gifts. And I said, brother... I'm big into faithfulness. And you just keep being faithful, and we'll see where the Holy Spirit leads us. You know what that was? A rescue. Because they had bounced around from pillar to post and would not settle down and be a part of anything. That was a rescue. If you see people that are constantly here and there and everywhere and they can't stay anywhere very long, they're unsafe. They're unsafe to be around and they're an unsafe voice. 
And God will at some point deal with that person to settle down, put down roots, and become part of a body. That's a rescue. That's a rescue. A lady came to Fred Price one time and said, uh, I wanted to ask him a question. He said, are you a member of this church? And she said, no, I'm not. I don't attend any church. He said, oh, so what you're telling me is you're a spiritual fly. And she said, what do you mean by that? He said, you're of absolutely no good to anybody. Now, I wouldn't say that. That's why I said Fred said it. But the point is, 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 is that was a rescue for her. I've learned over the years to say what I say kindly, but it can be a rescue. Amen. So say it out loud. I'm interested in what the Holy Spirit says and what He does. Father, help me to be sensitive to the Holy Spirit, for He's my helper and my guide. In the name of Jesus. Amen. Well, let's stand up, everybody. Praise the Lord. I believe we heard from the Lord.